This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, when you hear gunshots, not fireworks, but for sure, for sure gunfire, you might call the police. But what happens when it's the police causing the gunfire? Forty years ago, when the city's open-air gun range first opened, people weren't thinking about mass shootings. Now we are. What does it do to a neighborhood to hear gunshots in their neighborhood and no one in charge is really sure what to do about it? A content warning, this conversation is very much about guns. If you're not here for that, we get it. We'll have more news for you tomorrow. It's Monday, May 15th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. This is what the gun range sounds like. Stephanie Walsh is the president of the Highland Park Community Council. You sent us this video of a playground. Yep. When you hear noises like this, like what does it do to you? Well, I've lived here long enough um, that I know that it's the firing range, but that in and of itself isn't enough. It's not comforting because you don't think about this is police training. You think about the latest mass shooting. You think about the latest school lockdown, a school shooting uh, you think about the tree of life. You know, these are the, the, the images that come to mind when people hear this noise. Can everyone in the neighborhood hear it like that, like in the video that you sent us? No, that's uh, just one part of the neighborhood where it's that loud. Uh, there are parts of the neighborhood that hear it more quietly, more muted. There are parts of the neighborhood that don't hear it, but it also bounces around. So I've gotten um, complaints or heard complaints from people in East Liberty, Larimer, Shadyside, not Shadyside, uh, Stanton Heights and Morningside, and they, that they can hear it all in those neighborhoods, which are much further away. What hours? Like, is it is it business hours? Is it after? Like, it's it's a police gun range. And, you know, as we know, famously, cops don't really have like a nine to five. Uh, they say that they'll only schedule training between eight and five. But pretty regularly, the shooting starts at seven, seven fifteen in the morning. And often there will be some shooting happening after five o'clock down to 10 o'clock at night. We've had people complain that they've heard it after midnight. We've also heard complaints of the gunfire uh, on weekends and on holidays. The gun range has been there since the 80s. Why do you think it's become such an issue right now? I think for a couple reasons. One is they're using different weapons now than they used to use. They're louder. And my guess is that training standards have changed and that they're required to have more time practicing on weapons. So that's part of it. Uh, I think the other part you alluded to earlier, which is that the culture has changed. You know, when it first opened, mass shootings were 
shocking and rare. And that is not the case anymore, unfortunately. And so people are very, very sensitive to the sound of gunfire. And it just causes a lot of anxiety. Even if you know what it's coming from, it triggers all this emotion uh, when people think back to their own experiences or what they've read about um, in terms of gun violence. Yeah, I saw a piece in The Guardian uh, last week that said that the U.S. is on pace for a record number of mass shootings this year um, by a lot. People weren't really thinking about that back in the day, um, which kind of makes this whole thing feel a little bit more like a mental health issue. Um, Is that I mean, how does that hit neighbors? Yeah, absolutely. We do not consider this a police issue because we want the police to be trained. We want them to you know, have the right skills when they're out you know, protecting folks in our communities. Uh, it's very much a mental health issue. We've talked to people who have had panic attacks, anxiety attacks. We've had neighbors actually sell their homes because it was just too stressful for them to hear this day after day after day. And um, And one thing that sometimes people forget it's not just our neighborhood that's affected it's this regional park so we have visitors that come from all over all over the county uh, to come use this park they might not be aware that there's a firing range nearby so they can hear the noise and have it be unexpected Uh, someone's circulating a petition right now to have the firing range closed and she said the first time she heard it she thought it was a mass shooting and she like hid behind a bench and it was only afterwards that she realized you know learned that it was coming from the firing range Yeah, that petition has gained a bit of steam. I think I saw 1,200 people have signed it so far. Was that something that you wanted to attach yourself to? Pardon me, I actually don't know. Like, are you you the one behind the petition? (laughs) Uh, No, the petition is being circulated by another Highland Park resident, but someone I know well. And it's something that we uh, support because this is an issue that has not gotten the attention that it really merits, given how much impact it has on uh, city residents and city visitors. Yeah, you know, just thinking about the makeup of the neighborhood, you know, there are people connected to the synagogue shooting that live in that neighborhood. I know they've resettled quite a few refugees over there. I'm sure we have members of the military who maybe, you know, served or have some element of PTSD to deal with. Also just, you know, normal humans who might have been touched or, you know, feel affected by gun violence in some way. It just, it seems like a lot to take on literally from your own front porch. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think Um, Part of the reason she was inspired to start the petition is that um, one of her nearby neighbors, their child committed suicide with a gun in the fall. And the day of the funeral, they went out and heard this noise. So that's what the family heard when they were burying their child. So it's very real and it's very, very emotional and powerful for people um, on on a daily basis. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. 
Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So what are you hearing from the city? I know Mayor Ganey's office has said something like he is firmly committed to putting money in the budget to design a new indoor facility, but they've been talking about that for so long, and I it just haven't seen a lot of movement. Um, what do you think about, you know, the plan and the way people are talking about it? Well, I think promises can be broken and we've seen that happen over and over again in the past. So promising to put money in a future budget is not as meaningful as actually doing something today. And, you know, when we talk to them about doing something immediately, the response is there's not enough money, we can't do it now. But, you know, the first step is doing public engagement. The first step is let's look at sites, let's, you know, think about what the potential impacts of different sites are. That is not a resource intensive in terms of dollars proposition. That's something that could happen right now. So it just feels like a bit of stonewalling, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> well, in the city doesn't I mean, no government does anything quickly, right? Like you have to get the get everything started so that you can hope that maybe a development or something like that could happen five, 10 years down the road. That's just the nature of how municipal government works. Exactly. And when uh, the Gain administration took office, the budget that they inherited had money in it to study the site that's been tossed around uh, as a possible location for a new indoor range, which is an old Veterans Administration site, but is quite large. There's multiple buildings and parking lots. There was a hospital up there and some other facilities. And, you know, his administration decided they didn't have the same vision that the prior administration had for that property, which is fine. Um, But they took all that money and then just used it for something else and didn't direct any of that funding to address this particular issue. So they're promising to do it in the future. But, you know, we, we know we've seen that promises get broken. So I'd I'd much rather see action happen right now. Is that your primary frustration? Just that it's not that it's not that nothing's happening at large. It's that nothing is even starting. Yes, definitely a frustration. And and also just that people don't seem concerned about it outside of the people that have heard it, that live in the community. You know, that's beginning to change now because there's been more media coverage of it. But I feel like people have been kind of dismissive. I've heard people you know, especially online on various social media sites say, well, you know, I listen to traffic go by or, you know, people play their TVs loud or their radios loud and they don't really have an appreciation that this is something completely different. This is not at all comparable to trucks driving by or, or music being played at a high volume and people just don't appreciate how, again, how powerfully impactful this is uh, and how much anxiety and stress it causes to people. And also, And also it's a nuisance. We have people that can't use their porches, can't use their yards because 
they just hear all this gunfire. Their kids are waiting for the school bus, listening to gunfire. They are trying to take phone calls or be in their house with their windows open and they can't keep their windows open. It's, it's a very, very big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you have any allies in this? You know, um, talked about, you know, maybe getting a little bit more attention. Um, but what about your council person? You know, theoretically, she would live in the neighborhood as well or police themselves. You know, I've ta- heard them talk about how they like this gun range is old. It's not in great shape. And, you know, maybe they would like to have a new facility that's a little more up to date. Yeah. Well, so just to clarify, so Zone 5 is the zone that we're located in. And we have right. a great relationship with Zone 5. They, we have monthly community meetings and the commander typically comes to every single meeting. And if he can't come, he'll send someone and they'll give an update of like the crime stats in the past month. And then if there's any like tips or events that are coming up or things he thinks the neighborhood needs to know about, you know, we'll get filled in. And then he just takes questions. And so we we feel like we have a great relationship with Zone 5. But the firing range is not Zone 5's responsibility. So even though it's physically in Zone 5, it's totally out of their hands. So they end up just sort of being the middle, the middlemen in it all, just trying to relate information and concerns back and forth. But it is true. It's a, an outdated site. Uh, because it's outside, they can, can't use it much of the year. It's prone to flooding. There's likely lead contamination. So there's like probably, you know, lead seeping into our drinking water, into the river. From decades of lead From dust decades flying of off mm-hmm. guns. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And we've also heard there's no restroom facilities. So there's all sorts of reasons why they should want a new facility. Um, so we think building a new facility is a win for everyone. Uh, we, we have worked with our city council person, uh, uh, Deb Gross, who does live in the neighborhood and she has worked hard to try to find other sites. You know, this, the old veteran site is convenient because it's empty right now and it's very close to the outdoor facility, but there's also a lot of opportunity there for some innovative things. And so perhaps using it to put a firing range might not, not be, the best choice for for city property you know there's there's other old industrial sites there's sites by the airport you know there's a lot of possible things and so she's um actually looked into that and has come forward with some ideas for other possible locations that should be considered for future locations you know i can see how 40 years ago at you know peak powers for the nra why a facility would be so close to a residential neighborhood maybe maybe i get it um but now that feels like in the modern era, in our modern sensibilities, like we, we would never. Do you know if there are any rules around putting something like this so close to where people live, um, you know, for any future site? Yeah, well, in the city itself, there are rules. And if rules had been followed, there would have been public hearings and uh, they would have had to get a zoning variance. Currently, it's in an area that's zoned for parks. And none of that process, as far as we can tell, was followed. There, there was a Freedom of Information Request Act submitted, and the city wasn't able to provide any documentation for any sort of process uh, around, you know, deciding to put it there uh, in the first place. Uh, in terms of is it allowed, there's been two sound studies, and both studies found that the noise levels exceed what's considered standards. Uh, they have... They say that neighbors have a right to be com- <laughs> to be upset. Um, so yes, it's it's definitely not something that's typical. Yeah. So what are the next steps then for you um, for uh, the petition um, for the Highland Park Community Council? Well, a couple things. We're going to keep pushing the mayor's office to start the process immediately. Again, we don't think there's a need to wait 
and you know, there needs to be public engagement because even indoor facilities can have some impact in terms of traffic and whatnot. But you know, that that's the first step is figuring out where it's going to be. And then they'll have to, you know, do other work around designing a site and so forth. But the first step is, is figuring out where it should be. So um, that's one thing we're doing. In the meantime, the community still has to live with the sound of gunfire. I heard it this morning when I was walking my dog, made me turn around and walk in the opposite direction. Um, the mayor's office has told us that if there's gunfire outside of the hours of eight to five during the week to call them because that's unauthorized gunfire. Uh, which is strange because it's the police's site. So we're not sure why we're calling the police to inform the police that they're violating their own rules. It's very confusing, but we're going to encourage people to keep calling uh, when there's uh, off-hour shooting. And uh, we have requested a meeting with the director of the firing range. There are scheduling changes that could be made that would make it less impactful for the neighborhood. And it would be good to talk to him so he understood you know, why there are certain changes we'd like to see. Uh, we'd also love to have a meeting with the new chief of police. I believe Councilwoman Gross has spoken to him with this issue. It'd just be good to like let him hear the perspective of the community, and, and that way he can make sure that the firing range, you know, uh, is being operated in a way to minimize its impact on the neighborhood. And then finally, we're going to ask for a hearing in front of City Council so that people who have been affected by it can make sure City Council understands how problematic this is and uh, help make sure it actually does move forward. And do you have any timeline for any of those things? First, several things are as soon as possible. The budget hearings are sort of just getting started. And so hopefully we'll get to uh, get a hearing in front of city council maybe in maybe in June or July. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie, thanks so much for talking to us here on CityCast Pittsburgh. And keep us posted. Um, we'd love to learn more as you are able to schedule some of those calls. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Mallory Falk here to bring you a little more news while Megan rests her voice. A story we've been following. Two environmental groups have filed a new federal lawsuit against Shell for its ethane cracker plant in Beaver County. The suit claims Shell has repeatedly violated its air permit, releasing more than the allowed amount of toxic chemicals. Shell says it's committed to following all regulations and has worked to fix any issues. And developers with the Penguins got the go-ahead to build a concert venue in the Lower Hill. WESA reports the Urban Redevelopment Authority okayed the $110 million plan, but with some caveats to benefit the neighborhood. There are quotas for contracts with minority and women-owned businesses, a plan to revamp a neighborhood rec center, and concert goers will pay an extra $2 for each ticket. That money will be used to reinvest in the Lower Hill. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please tell a friend, rate us, leave us a review, and subscribe to that Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I can't talk at all.